This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Mike Smith in for Simi as we continue covering the big announcement today from the B.C. government of a no-fault auto insurance system. You just heard my interview there with John Rice. He's the president of the Trial Lawyers Association of B.C. This is the group of lawyers that the government's really going after here with this no-fault auto insurance system. They'll cut the lawyers out of the action here to a, a big degree. Uh, he's spitting mad there, not ruling out uh, challenging this new no-fault insurance in court under constitutional grounds. It was John Rice, president of the Trial Lawyers. One of the things that he was saying is that this is a betrayal of people who are catastrophically injured or badly injured in an auto accident uh, let's talk a little bit more about that i'm going to let's talk now to louise craig she is a rehab physiotherapist she's also a spokesperson with road bc which stands for rights over arbitrary decisions for british columbia uh, that's a group that was opposed to the government's caps on uh, payouts for pain and suffering for minor injuries and in auto accidents i'm very pleased to welcome her hi louise oh hi mike Thanks a lot for coming on. What do you think about no-fault insurance in B.C.? Well, as a care provider who works with injured British Columbians every day, I'm very concerned on their behalf that their access to care will be further limited with these changes. How do you figure the the access to care will be limited? It sounds like the government's expanding and enhancing the care here. It sounds like that. Um, But as a healthcare practitioner, the way that the government's presenting this as a care-based model, I, I don't, I don't believe that's accurate. Um, a true care-based model puts the choice of how, when, and where, and for how long a person receives support and care in the hands of the injured person and their families, not in the hands of a massive bureaucracy such as ICBC. So, so you think? I mean, in your experience with your patients, do a lot of them have trouble dealing with ICBC? Um, well, every patient that I see uh, is not an easy case, as uh, Ms. Bradstock uh, referred to in the press conference this morning. So everyone that I see is, is a person that does not recover from their injuries, and almost entirely they have difficulty accessing the care they need, both the treatment, the support in their home, um, housekeeping support if they're uh, you know catastrophically injured. So, uh, yes. Okay, but when you take a look at the schedule of uh, accident benefits that the government's rolled out here today, uh, up to $7.5 million is the maximum limit for medical and rehab. Uh, All kinds of new accident benefit categories, travel and accommodation, extended catastrophic benefits of up to $10,000 a month for personal care, income replacement up to 90% of of your income if you're injured and off work. Uh, lump sum indemnity for missing school if you're a student in either second post-secondary or secondary school or even kindergarten to grade 8. I, I mean, it just goes on and on here about the death benefits, funeral expenses, uh, new, counts, new uh, category of grief counseling benefits. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a lot of care coverage there. Well, that, that sounds like a lot of care coverage, yeah. which will be very expensive obviously. Um, So I wonder about the viability of of maintaining those uh, uh, benefits over the longer term, considering that ICBC requires, uh, you know, price reductions or cost reductions in their operations. But in my experience, um, you know, ICBC often underestimates the complexity of the injuries and the time that it takes for people to be treated. Um, Who's going to make those decisions? 
Uh, so now you're going to be reliant upon an ICBC adjuster for the remainder of your life if you're catastrophically injured to determine what care you will receive long term. So what my uh, expertise is, um, I provide assessments to determine people's care needs, to determine their functional level. Who will decide that? Um, I, you know, a family doctor is not equipped to decide that. It takes a whole day to do those assessments. So who will decide that? It certainly can't be an ICBC uh, adjudicator. Okay, so, there, so therefore you think people should still have access to a lawyer if they if they want to get satisfaction, they're not happy, take ICBC to court? Yes, I do think yeah. that there should be um, the ability to do so, and I'm, I'm surprised that that right has been taken away from British Columbians. Uh, given the, the high rates of insurance that we pay, uh, some of the treatments that are being touted as um, extensions of treatment should never have not been part of what your what your insurance coverage would would uh, entail, anyways. So the fact that uh, the the Physiotherapy Association president Christine Bradstock stated a very simplistic case where someone was injured, sought physiotherapy treatment, and recovered. That's true. That already occurs. That occurs in eighty five percent of cases. But the 15% of those cases where the person does not recover and it's a complex injury, how does, who, who's going to determine um, your, what you're going to be provided with in the long term? And I, I don't think British Columbians have any reason to trust that ICBC will make those decisions fairly and, and equitably for them. Louise Craig, thank you very much for coming on today. You're welcome.